0: Welcome to the Mash Those Button Show, where we cover the latest in games, community, culture, and everything in between. This week, we're going to talk about the game stonks aftermath. Diablo 4 and Overwatch 2, well, not being delayed, but just not coming out in 2021. And live-action Zelda being a real thing that is now not a real thing. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, this is episode number 39. We're recording for the week of February 1st, 2021. I am Jarrett, but you can call me Ja, and I am here with the games industry public defender and the scourge of Iron Forge, Nick Zolnickavage. Hey, how's everybody doing? And here also a, a special guest tonight from Push the Point. I don't have any special titles because I'm, I, you know, I'm just not a well prepared host tonight. Apparently, Weak. Julian. Yeah,
1: I know if Nick was hosting, he'd be doing a better job. I mean, maybe like the world, like. The world's biggest SR loser or the world's worst tank. I don't know. I I I'll have to come up with some I'll have to come up with some titles afterwards that of course I'll think of once this episode's been out for like a month already.
0: <laughs> well thank you. Send those in after. I'll I'll, I'll give you another shout out. <laughs> but uh that is Julian Casada,
1: also known as Ramses. How you doing? I'm pretty good. Um we're recording this after the Super Bowl, which I mean, I've been a Chiefs fan since I was in sixth grade, but I just, I had a gut feeling like God spoke to me, like, don't watch it. Don't watch. it's fine. Don't watch it. <laughs> and I mean, I'm feeling pretty good. You could, uh, you could ask our other fan on the network, Bob. I'm sure Bob's really angry right now if you look at his social media. So it's, uh, I'm feeling pretty good. I'm excited to be here. This is my first time on the Mash Button show proper. I feel very fancy and official. Yeah. Now you know,
0: you've made it. You know that—that's how you know you've made it because now you're on the Mash Those Buttons show. So,
1: congratulations! <laughs> Thank you for having me. I—I I, I feel special.
0: All right. Well, no problem. I'm glad I could bestow this blessing on you. You know. So, uh, so yeah, like, what you guys uh been up to, Nick? How you been?
2: I, uh, in 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 preparation for the Mass Effect Legendary, uh, release coming out in the relatively near future uh, I actually dove back into Mass Effect 3 because I never beat it um, I, I I started playing Mass Effect 3 back in 2015 uh, when my wife was pregnant with our first son and I got about 15 16 hours in and then I think I, I tried to do one of the DLC missions before I should have and so I was not prepared I, I should have held off on that and I, I kind of you know got down a a road where i was like okay i need to go back a little bit and then i just i just never got back around to it and so i was like well, let me let me try picking that up again and no not playing a game for six years and then trying to take on some content that you couldn't handle when you were playing it back in the day does not work <laughs> so that was,
0: no it does not. no
2: so I've, I've just like well i'm just gonna I, I actually went back to my my closest save at the citadel and i'm wandering around and i'm like i don't know what, i don't know what i'm doing here why like what's i, I so i had to just start over again. So I reimported my save from mass effect two and I'm a, about two hours into that now. And it, I don't know why, I don't remember if I liked it this much back then, but I'm really enjoying it. And I feel like maybe it's because I have like a vague recollection of everything that I'm doing. So it's not like I'm like going through it blankly, but, um, it feels a lot like, like there's the one part where you meet Liara and I'm like, Hey, wait, this isn't this where I met Liara back in mass effect one. And I don't know why I'm remembering that. Cause it's been even longer since I played mass effect one, but like, uh, yeah, you know, I'm really enjoying it in that regard. The one thing that got me though is there's the sequence at the beginning when the the Reapers are attacking Earth, and Shepard finds that little boy in the in the in the, the the building, and then like he sees the kid in the vent, and then of course he, no matter what you do, you can't get the kid out. And then, like right, late, yeah. later on, you see the kid get on the ship, and then the ship starts to fly away, and then the reapers just blow it up, and you're just like, and Shepherd just walks away, like, uh, and I'm just like, when I meet the kid, I'm like, oh, that, that kid, you know, that, that, he's like my kid. This is so nice. And then, like, the
0: kid dies. I'm like, wow, that was that that hurt. This was I was better off playing this before I had kids. This is not <laughs> great. <laughs> well, I think one of the reasons you may be enjoying it now is because your expectations have most definitely been trampled at this point. That in is the game. True. I mean. <laughs> the, the expectations for Mass Effect 3 have been beat to the ground. By the time I played Mass Effect 3, I was like, okay, well, the game isn't that bad. It was not, well, actually, no, the game is good. Don't get me wrong. Like The game itself is good. But then I played the endings. I was like, oh, yeah, they were spot on. They were definitely spot on. These are these these not good endings. <laughs> but that's the, that's the only thing about that game that I can
2: say. But <laughs> the thing for me... And admittedly the endings may completely mess this up. I still don't know everything about the endings yet. So I'm I'm for you know it's been what 8 years now since the game came out and I'm I'm relatively blind on that. But uh, the thing for me is is it's this I know like people like lost. People complain about the lost ending and I'm like, you know, say what you will about the ending. Like I I was so invested in the characters. To me it's just the characters. And so I'm looking at like Mass Effect, and it's like, yeah, you get to see Liara again, and you get to see Garrus again, and and you know Ashley's hanging around, and and all all you know, and, and there's other characters I know I'm going to get to meet, and I'm, I'm right at the part where uh, Edie's about to become like get a get a body and stuff, and it's all fun in that regard. And it's like I just like spending time with these characters, and like, yeah, maybe that'll all get obliterated by however the, the you know whatever ending I wind up with or how the ending goes it won't, goes, but, it, it won't.
0: But, no, i can i can tell you right now it okay. won't unless you're just yeah like unless you're a sourpuss it won't no i just <laughs> like, yeah
2: it, i'm i'm looking forward to i'm looking forward to spending time with these characters through you know to to get my paragon run to get my uh renegade run and then probably do it all again when the legendary edition comes out so it's going to be it's going to be a good chunk of my 2021
0: and mm. um, Ramsey's what about you what you up to
1: you know Ja. We played a couple. We play a couple of games together. I have this bad habit of I get into games. I, I play multiplayer games that are incredibly frustrating for me. Uh, my gamer rage has subsided. I was actually telling somebody earlier this weekend. I broke my first keyboard, um, uh, with Bionicle: The Mask of Light back in 2002. I think, <laughs> like a long. <laughs> so I the gamer rage has uh, ebbed and flowed over the years, but. I have this problem whether it's with Overwatch or I play a lot of team fight tactics now because I can throw that on and I can just beat that out in 30 minutes. Um, getting into Valorant right now too. I just don't I have a problem where I can get so irritated with like with games that I have no hope of ever being like good enough in to compete to where like I am I just have to step away and I can't do it for a little bit. So I'll just burn I'll play a bunch of one game for three days. Like, okay, cool. I can't touch that for like a week. Like I just I need to like not get in that headspace anymore and right i am stuck in a problem that you and i've talked about um i i'm about i would say maybe three quarters of the way through ace through assassin's creed odyssey and i'm at the point where like look all right story like you need to wrap it up like i am i'm i'm getting to the point of, like can i see the ending is this the ending or are you going to throw another chapter after this because i'm about like right i just got i just retook the island and then i just re i just Destroyed the whole fleet, and then now I have to go back over to Sparta, and I'm like, man, this really needs to be the end of this because if not, like, yeah,
0: that's that that's Ubisoft games right now, man. Every well, Ubisoft game is a goddamn
1: epic. It's ridiculous. Well, I I have the gold. I bought the gold edition for like twenty bucks on Xbox Live, so like yeah. I'm getting a good value of it out of it. But I'm like, man, like I'm never even gonna get to the DLC at this point. Like I am already. I haven't played it in like a month because I was just like, I don't want to spend four hours just grinding through this and
0: what well, you know what it is too about ubisoft games though like like in assassin's creed so for example assassin's creed uh i didn't even finished odyssey yet i beat origins but origins i beat within about i want to say about 40 hours it took me to beat origins it took me 50 hours or 55 hours just to get to the regular main story of Horizon Zero Dawn. But that game felt shorter than Assassin's Creed because Ubisoft makes these like massive open world games that just have a ton of just filler in it, right? And you can tell that it's filler and it's not, and it makes you feel like you're just burning time versus a game that, you know, Horizon Zero Dawn or even Death Stranding I played Death Stranding for 50 hours and it didn't feel like it. And I don't know if that's because it was engaging or because you're doing the same thing. So I just lost time playing the game.
1: <laughs> you I mean, Nick, but, I oh, you go, you go.
0: No, 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 it's fine. Go ahead.
1: I was gonna say, Nick, you're the other like of the three of us, you're probably the other really big Star Wars fan, unless I'm unless I am underestimating John on this. I am not look like the the what we're hearing is that Ubisoft is going to be the one doing the massive, old, the massive open world game for Star Wars, and if this is if it's like this, I'm worried now, <laughs> only because like, bro, like I have there's too much to do, and then there's too much like even decent stuff to do. Like I can't even like, not to mention all the little like fetch quest missions that are all this around this map. I am plus it's Ubisoft, so I have other worries, but it's it's enough to where I'm like, you know what, I'm just gonna. I'm just not. I'm I'm gonna. I'm gonna read a book. I just don't want chores so badly. Like (laughs) I'm gonna go do something else, just because I need to not get this overly frustrated at games.
2: The thing is about like filler quests is unless there's something engaging about them, then like yeah, they stick out as filler quests. Like you can only be told like go kill like ten rats so many times before you're just like this is just you need to come up with better mobs for me to kill or you know and whatnot. And at least with Star Wars they should have enough from like the 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 canon overall you know even if they need to kind of like pull from the uh the old EU canon if if uh if they need to kind of like you know flush that out a little bit that like it may maybe it won't feel so bad because even though it's like oh i have to go do something stupid it's like oh but i get to do something stupid in this part of the world or in this part of the galaxy where i haven't you know i didn't get to check out before i'm like oh this looks kind of cool like at least i'm I'm here you know there's some there's some extra value that you can extract there that maybe you wouldn't get in a game like odyssey because you're just hanging out uh you know in uh in old times and and whatnot and it's not it it's not the same. Hopefully, hopefully. I mean, they could very well still just a filler quest could suck either way. Um, but but they, there's something maybe they can they they can bring in the Star Wars game that you
1: might not be able to get in Assassin's Creed. I mean, I'm I wonder because like embarrassing confession here. Even in the creme de la creme of freaking Star Wars games with Kotor, I couldn't do it after a little bit. I like I struggle to get invested in Kotor with all quests like that. I mean the the tank controls don't help either. I'm not I i can't do the tank controls and then like but even then like i'm i feel like if you really want to make a game boring no matter how interesting the subject matter you're gonna find a way to make a game boring that's true
0: yeah yeah i think another problem with the ubisoft games is that like a lot of stuff is level gated you know like you can go to those places but you just get wiped out because you're you're too low level where, I mean, the example I keep using is like Horizon Zero Dawn. You can go to a lot of different places, but it, it'll just be more difficult when you get there. It's not impossible. You know, I, I took down, the first time I played through it, I took down a rock breaker, which is a, a, a pretty tough fucking enemy to deal with in the game uh pretty early on and i thought it was like a boss boss like oh my god like this is this ha- this is incredibly hard and then come to find out that like they're kind of not all over the place but in the harder areas like you'll come across them you know not unfrequently so yeah you know it, it, at the very least like you know i still had a chance it, my, i could use my skill to get through that but with, like a game like assassin's creed that just wasn't happening so But I feel your pain on the Assassin's Creed thing because the game—that's the one thing that keeps me from getting back into Odyssey—is I just know how much time I have
1: to sink into it. I've spent like I think I'm 35 hours in, and there's still two thirds of the map that I haven't even touched. And it's just, what level are you? 27
0: you still have like three level oh, sorry um eight levels to go probably before I, you can beat uh, the game. oh <laughs> no uh, <laughs> those,
1: those
0: those games end around the level 35 just to be honest with you
1: oh me. man <clears throat> oh wonderful. so
0: yeah yeah glad i can deliver the good news thanks but uh as he absorbs that we're going to go ahead and we're going to start uh, heading into our topics before we do that though i like to welcome any ti- any uh, first time listeners you know thank you guys for taking the time to check out the matches button show and i like to thank and welcome back, returning listeners, and give a very special thanks to our supporters on Patreon. And, uh, you know, we hope you're enjoying your Patreon rewards, um, you know, wild thoughts with Nick here and uh, extra spicy. Also, like to give a, a big special thanks to our Twitch subscribers at twitch the TV slash smash those buttons. Um, thank you guys for supporting very much. And, uh, also, if you want to give us a follow on Twitter, you can, or you want to keep up with what's going on in the network. We're at twitter.com slash the mash network. And, uh, you know, you can also join us on our discord. If you want to come talk to us and join the rest of our community and just talk about the games we enjoy. So with that, let's talk about the game stonks aftermath, because now the table has turned and a lot of the, the warnings that were given beforehand to the reddit investors now are coming true so after reaching a peak of 483 dollars last week the shares plummeted down to 82 dollars so if i remember correctly weren't stocks shares like four dollars per share before this yes. happened yeah if you got it at the beginning yeah. you're still up but obviously not as much up as you were at the peak exactly so yeah do you still have like yeah so you can it, it, like like Nick said, if you were there in the beginning you can still get money back but there are some people who didn't start buying until it was $100 per share, $300 per Bro, share. Bro, I have yeah.
1: I I'm not I won't give too much information as far as who this is. It's not that they never it. Bosco. Us, it's not <laughs> no Love smart enough, at least. He's my he's my co-host on Push the Point. No, um uh an acquaintance of mine um through my girlfriend um Called over and was getting trying to get everybody to invest, trying to get people in on it, trying to get people in. Um, they said that they had spent 18,000, they took out like 10,000 of their retirement, 8,000 of savings. Oof. Um, and then so my girlfriend did the calculations. They, when they bought in, they said they bought 45 shares. When they did the math for it, it equaled out to like 300 bucks, 350 a share yikes oh no, no and it's like it's one of those things where like ah oh man the thing that's so funny too is you know you know people are going to be like oh man well this is this is the man screwing me over again it's their fault it is it's a hundred percent their fault which like there's meddling and we'll talk about that but like there's meddling for sure but like Never put in what you can't afford to lose. It's the basic rule of the stock market. Not even that, but there, there became a point where
2: you had to understand what was happening here and that this was no longer about making any kind of money. And this was intentionally about trying to screw over the hedge funds mm-hmm. and any money that you threw at that you were not going to get back because the only way that you could screw over the hedge fund is to hold it until the price collapses on its own. Like, otherwise you're letting go and you're not holding the line, which is the whole point of, of, of you know, this, this was never, this was never about making money for people. And anybody that got in at that completely misread the situation. And not, I feel bad for them to a degree because like they, 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 you know, they didn't understand it. But at the same time, it's like, be careful. Like this is on yeah. you because you didn't do your, your homework properly and to to like understand the lay of the land here. And like, it's one thing like, yeah, if you got in at the very beginning when it was, you know, We'll say sub $80, but you know, like the $4 or whatever, if you got in at the very beginning, even if you were, you saw it climbing up like a hundred, $200, you got in there, you had to know when you needed to get out to at least make your money back. And you had to watch it very closely for that because, and that's the problem is, it, you know, especially when they started restricting the trading and it peaked and then it started to come down. Like if you were in it for the money, that's when you needed to get out. But instead, you've got all those people saying, hold the line, hold the line, thinking, oh, if we hold the line, we can drive the price up higher. And and no, it's it's this is the danger and this is this is the thing now that's going to happen is you're going to have the 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 legislators and the you're going to have the you know the the banks seeing like look this is why we can't trust people with their own money because they they make stupid decisions like that and to a a degree they're right but at the same time there are plenty of people who there are plenty of people who understood what was going on here and maybe they weren't in on the you know screw the hedge fund game but they you know they they had you know they had their stock from what it was four dollars or whenever they had it from they saw that it was peaking like crazy and they're like okay you know what I'm Bailing now, maybe maybe you had it at four dollars and you bailed at like two hundred dollars. You didn't hold it till the peak at four eighty or whatever. Maybe you held it past the peak and you know bailed at three hundred, whatever. You still made a killing off that. Mm -hmm. So if you did it that way, yeah, you know, congratulations. You don't need me to tell you congratulations because you're sitting there with a boatload of money. But if if, if you did it the other way, like you know, this is you know this was this was not this was not an exercise for beginners. And the problem is for too many people it was their first exposure to the
1: stock market and it burned them rightly. Well, and you saw a lot of people like and you've seen a couple good stories as far as like, look, I was able to pull out and like I paid for huge medical bills for this. Like you saw people who did use it. And at the other point, though, I think what people forget, like the people who made the most money off of this are the people who have been holding GameStop like for years, who just have thousands of shares of stock already, who are like, hey, let's all do this. And then also you had like big hedge funds of people who were holding GME, like who were all driving the stock up. It wasn't like it was all just normal people like us. My favorite part of this entire scenario, though, is that they would have to quote people from Wall Street bets. And it would be like it was a username like big dank 420 smoke <laughs> yeah. 69. like and, then, and like you, it's and then so apparently I don't know if you guys it, it's not that interesting, but there's been this whole thing, too. Um, they've already started, Netflix already started reaching out, trying to get together a movie deal with people within Wall Street beds. And you had, you had people who were mods on that Reddit forum for like a long time ago, who once a movie deal started kind of getting floated around, came back in and ousted all the new mods of Wall Street beds. Oh yeah. (laughs) And tried to take over the movie deal. And then like they had to shut it down. Like it's been like fixed up, but it's just like, man, as somebody who had no money involved, it was really fun to watch. Um. <laughs> well,
0: well, it wasn't fun for everybody. So there's at least one person who lost eight hundred and fifty thousand dollars. <sighs> they said, you know, what well, they said is his name was Silk. That was his. his, uh, <laughs> <laughs> his, his red It's <laughs> gonna,
2: gonna be some low grade cotton now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he says I just didn't spend enough time to research what I was doing or what the market could do to my account so quickly this will ruin my family's event planning business. Going to have to lay off 50 employees. Jesus. Like yeah, that's rough. That's really rough. I don't even feel bad for him. I don't. I don't feel bad for him. I feel bad for the people who work for him. Yes. Like when you work for a company, it's like, look, here's the here's our agreement, right? I'm going to provide my services to your business. You're going to pay me. But at the same point like I'm kind of entrusting you to make it so that I can remain employed, right? I I can can remain employed, right? So I need you to make good decisions at the top level. And this person was not making good decisions. Even though they said they started uh, messing around with the stock market when COVID hit because he's an event planning business. No events are happening. uh, So they needed a way to try to, um, you know, get some money back into the business and yeah this was just like the wrong wrong thing eight hundred and fifty thousand dollars down the drain you know well
2: on the on the one hand i guess it sounds like those people might have been laid off anyway because of the pandemic in which case you know whatever crazy stock decisions he made leading up to this maybe that
0: you know he made out he may have made other bad stock decisions
2: yeah well, that's true too but like you know maybe he at least got the you know they they basically made it an extra year into the pandemic before he would have had to lay them off roughly but yeah, I mean, as somebody who's been laid off, you know, multiple times, yeah, it, it's one thing when it's like, okay, like, you know, th- th- like a deal or whatever didn't go through and the company's just not going to be able to, to make it another month. Like, that's one thing, but it's like, oh, no, like, I just picked the wrong stock and, and didn't handle it properly. Right, yeah, that's yeah. it's like,
0: oh, I, yeah, no, I I picked the wrong job and betting on you as a boss. Like, oh, it's not good. There are even other people who didn't buy that much. Like, they might buy bought one or two stocks at, let's say, $300 a piece, and now they're losing that money, and they're like, oh. I needed that $600 Then why, like you shouldn't have invested it. You know, that's how it works.
1: My, like the thing too is I, so I, I understand. I I totally agree with the argument of like, look, you have people who are able to play like this with like stocks being able just to say, we decide this business is doomed with a hedge fund manager. And just like, we're going to mass short sell a stock. And honestly I've done, like I did a bunch of college reports on GameStop. Like GameStop is a good stock to short. Like it's, it's it. it's business model is dying. It has a horrible re, like customer reputation. Like I get it for sure. But you love, right. you see these arguments from people like, no, you don't understand. We, we believe in this company. We believe it's like, that was never it. No. That was never the no. point. Wait,
2: if, no. if we all clap together, we can let GameStop flap its wings.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, we all have to believe. We all have to believe in Godzilla hard enough for him to be able to get back up and fight. That's yeah, right. Uh, I don't know, man. And we'll see. Uh, like it's it's true though. Like what other hedge fund companies did. Like because there's hedge funds that have interest in. Like apparently, the rumor is Robinhood supposed to go public later this year. So they need all these hedge fund managers on their side. So when they go public, that there is decent interest for people to buy their stock offering. And so that's why they didn't want to afford like taking these people off. But like for them to just take like this entire thing of like, it's so when stock manage, when hedge fund managers and high up people do this and manipulate stock, like Jim Cramer goes on mad money all the time. I was like, Hey everybody go buy the stock. That definitely didn't tell me to go hype up their stock. Like, it's 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 okay for for these people to do it, but like, God forbid, a bunch of us just meme the stock into being like eighty times its value. Well, the the,
2: the thing is, like, the, the thing is, like, as like a a newbie investor, like, the, one of the basic rules is just like, don't buy a stock like know know a stock's value and know like what it's worth. Like, you look for stocks that's like where the value doesn't match the worth. In the case of GameStop. Like you said, like it's fun. It's fundamentally a bad stock. Like it, like the hedge funds were right to short it because the value of the stock was, you know, they they knew like as a declining business that's going to go down. It makes sense to short that. The problem is they they overshorted it and that led to this whole mess. But you know, the, like look for stocks where it's like okay, like this is this stock is worth, you know, you know like a couple dollars, and I expect it to go up. You know, they're, they're a fun- a good business. They should be making good money. I expect it to go up. Like that's what you want to look for, and. You know, like the problem is people coming into GameStop buying it at like three hundred dollars. Like a quick, like any article that you read on this would have told you, like it's not worth three hundred dollars. It was worth four dollars when this all started. There, you can say four dollars might be low for the value. Maybe it was worth like ten dollars. But we're not. It's not like the value of the company suddenly justified that price. That was the whole thing. And so you're you're throwing your money into a bubble, and it's just that's
1: like the worst thing you can do. The one good tip I saw was like, hey, look, like GameStop is apparently has a really good deal and like good, pl- I guess, really good deal on the Xbox Series X. I had to t- Ugh, that's a dumb name. Um, They have a really good deal on the Xbox Series X that's coming out. And like people were saying like, OK, like when this is out, like this is going to be a really big boost for the stock. Like, OK, totally makes sense. But also basic rule, diversify your portfolio. There's a whole reason why you don't go all in on just one thing.
0: That's Wu Tang Financial right there. (laughs) (laughs) You know?
2: Isn't the problem with this though that people bought something from GameStop at a at a certain price and then when they went to (laughs) sell it back, it was at a
0: significantly reduced value. They got just a mere fraction of what they paid. That sounds familiar. Oh, uh, yeah so i guess that'll continue to unfold i mean it can only unfold so much to be honest with you <laughs> to the moon
1: ja, to the moon <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, but yeah let's go ahead and move on let's talk a little bit about diablo 4 and overwatch 2 and the fact that they will not be out in 2021 now for diablo 4 i think that was expected uh, if you were expecting diablo 4 in 2021
1: now wait jaw now uh, wait going to put on my uh, my conspiracy theorist cap here. They only said they didn't have income projections in 2021. Therefore, it could still launch in 2021.
0: Yeah. No. I mean, a lot of things no. can happen in 2021, but <laughs> it ain't going to be overwatch and it could be Diablo 4. So are, like, are we saying that now is the time to short Blizzard
2: Activision
1: stock? Well, they've had the most profitable year I think on record. I'm uh, sure they did. They did actually. You're right. I
0: it. think so. Yeah. They Do had, not uh, short yeah, that. No.
1: <laughs> bye. Bye. Bye.
0: <laughs> yeah, they're doing great. Blizzard and uh, Blizzard Activision. But uh, yeah, so during their earnings call, they said that Overwatch Two and Diablo Four were not expected to be part of their 2021 financials, which would suggest that they are not coming out in the fiscal year 2021. Which, by the way, that's not January to December 2021. I'm pretty sure the fiscal year it starts in March or something like that. I, I don't know 100%, but I think it starts in March. So we're not going to see, we we're probably not going to see Overwatch 2 Diablo 4 until, you know, we're talking earliest March of 2022. Right? And I doubt and I doubt that, like because you, you, you don't have a lot of big launches in March or even April. I'm expecting a May launch for Overwatch, to be honest with you. Because they actually in Diablo 3, when that came out, that was also a May launch too, I think. I think it was. Uh, yeah, I remember the, f- the weather getting warmer as people complained about not being able to connect to the servers.
1: <laughs> well, it would make sense because, like, May is, like... It, to release it in May would be releasing it on Overwatch's anniversary. Right, yeah. Although, fiscal so, year apparently goes from September to October. So, fiscal year 2021 for, is... For Activision? I think it's just the general... Senate term was what I saw, but I might be wrong. They oh, calculate yeah,
0: you can you can you can establish a fiscal year at any given time. Oh, okay, like any time period. So, um, I'm pretty sure it starts it starts in March because like we usually see like the financial calls in February for them, and then I think because usually they they make big moves like when they did all those layoffs. I'm pretty sure that was like even March or April. Uh, so like I said, for Diablo Four, I don't think this is a big deal. Uh, I don't I don't think you really should have expected Diablo Four honestly before 2022 or even 2023 because they said it was an early development i mean plus you got phones so diablo immortal should be out you know sometime within the next Mm -hmm. (laughs) within the next year so you'll be fine right right you got phones so um this in my opinion is a problem for overwatch though to be perfectly honest with you because people are just kind of we're just kind of holding on and waiting and holding on for overwatch 2 and trying to stay in there and now you just obliterated their hopes for more than 12 months out if this is the case you know the when was echo released april 2020 april 2020 is when we got echo so we're almost a year from the last character release a new map has not been put into competitive in over a year and the last
1: new map. go ahead well so New map hasn't put in a competitive over a year. They've pretty much stagnated all content aside from like event skins and that's. I mean, they've done, they've done a couple of like the weekly like, you have like twenty seven days to get this like special event skin like the Mardi Gras Ash and everything. Um, right. Yeah. I the, the theories of like okay, well, hear me out. What if they drop a beta, the beta for two months, and then. Like oh, you had people like correlating around like the Overwatch Two art book was gonna come out like in December, saying and it had no it had stuff for the upcoming Overwatch Two in it. Like honestly, I, I feel a little bit relieved honestly, only because my brain keeps thinking it's 2020, so this it is not coming up until 2022. I'm like, oh my gosh, we're gonna wait two years for this freaking game, and then <laughs> like, oh wait, only a year and a half. Okay, cool, I'm down with it. And people try to make the argument of course like look at cyberpunk look at how bad that did because of crunch which like I get it here's the deal though Overwatch the player base wise like there is no hope right now we are waiting and hoping that we are we are hanging on by the thread you have a competitive scene that is completely like dying for a lot most part cuz most people figure like there's no reason for me to stay here unless I'm already in the top especially if you aren't a DPS or a healer like if you're a tank player and they keep removing your agency like they do now, or they keep removing how much impact you can have. Like there's a lot of reasons for people. Like there's a lot of reasons for a community discontent about it. I think we're all really hoping we get some sort of schedule at BlizzCon just so we can at least have an idea of where to set expectations. Yeah. I mean,
0: I I can't imagine they're just going to let it sit and let nothing happen. They need the game to remain active in my opinion because then that puts a ton of pressure on Overwatch 2, right? I think you can move people from Overwatch 1 to Overwatch 2, but if people go off and they start playing these other games and that's their main game, like if Valorant becomes their main game or Apex becomes their main game, they'll probably like, you know, buy Overwatch 2 and you know, they'll play it for a little bit but then go back to their to their main if it's not different enough, if it's not enough to to kind of, you know, pull them in. So I, I I mean, I think they have to do something like they told us, I think after Sigma, they told us that Sigma was going to be the last mm-hmm. new character, but then they gave us echo because they realized, you know, how far off they were. And I'm like, they got to give at least, at least one new character. And at this point, I think a new map
1: there. So there's teasing. I think they've been kind of building hints toward more of like a, a character who she's a female ninja. Who's like Fox themed. Like, she's in, there's a bunch of stuff for her in like in the new Kanazaka like, deathmatch map they put out. They've put out some official, like, image stuff, like, as far as, like, lore for her. But that's kind of the only thing we're really thinking about as far as uh, BlizzCon. Like, they're going to give us that and some actual Overwatch 2 concrete news. It's also, it's not like they can pull out, like, well, we have the beta for you to play. Or, like, we have something for you to play on the floor because there's no physical... Um, There's no physical commas here either. So there's not even that to throw that off.
0: Yeah. So there's, I mean, I can't imagine they're going to run a beta for that long though. You know, that's not the case. And on top of that, if they're going to run a beta, that means that the new engine is not ready, ready, but the new engine is at least ready to be, you know, for, for consumption for the general consumer. So at that point they should put, because when, when Overwatch two comes out, Overwatch one is being updated with the new engine. So just yeah. push the new engine early, and then the characters you're developing, you can release them on a regular schedule, and then still push Overwatch two out. You know you you can you can do that. Um, but uh, yeah, they I'm just curious to see what they do. I haven't seen anything for toward a new character. I mean, I'm so detached from. Like, I'll play. I'll put. I'll turn Overwatch on either when I'm playing with you guys, or if I just need like a brain dead activity. I hate to say it. Like if I don't mm-hmm. feel like thinking that hard. I'll just I'll just go into a quick play match and then, you know, uh, fly around his ball or something like that. Um,
1: no, I don't. play.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But like, yeah, so I haven't seen that. I haven't even played the new map. To be honest, with you, cause I don't do death match. I don't go into death match like they've released. Like, at least, have, is that the only new map they've released? They released another map. Didn't they? Like another death match map or something like that?
1: The most recent map before that, I think, is Havana. And that's one from, uh, I think. I'm probably wrong. I hope I'm wrong, but I don't think I am. Um, it's, I agree with you that we need to get, like, the visual update needs to happen. I think part of the balance here, too, is that Overwatch League starts in April. And it's going to be, with how the schedule looks, we're probably going to see it end in October. So, I I don't even think they would release a beta during that time, because you have your main people who are going to be playing the beta. I would I guess like the main people he would look at for beta notes would mostly be in Overwatch League.
0: Yeah, and I am curious to see how like when would they actually re- release Overwatch Two? Because like you said, you no, know, now that it's not just Overwatch that got deal with, the got deal with the Overwatch League. So in twenty twenty one, the Overwatch League. Let's say we get back to normal scheduling. You know, between now and 2022, Overwatch leaks going probably start like at the end of February, beginning of March. You know, and they're not gonna. I doubt they release Overwatch 2 at the beginning of like they the need Overwatch to League. though.
1: They need to though is the problem because like there's been modes like there's a whole separate mode that's supposed to be in overwatch league that push mode that they had at blizzcon right that's supposed to be an available mode for overwatch league i mean for an entire graphical update like i know like you take like a brief glance at like tracer or a couple of skins they or like winston they look like a little different but like Reinhardt's skin looks completely different like you have people who are going to have completely different skins in the new engine right like you need to have fixed up and like I, I it's such a hamstring because I think they probably are just going to start in April again now that they're moving to a tournament structure, it looks like. Right. But. Well, I mean, yeah, go ahead. At that point, you almost have to release it in March or at least let them pay it or at least let, let them do tournaments on the beta or what is going to, that's going to be the official game build. Maybe. I think it's a
0: slippery situation. I think they would actually end up playing another year on the current version of Overwatch and release Overwatch 2 holiday 2022 now that i'm thinking about it
1: sorry my, i'm looking my, at like, my, I'm, my shoulders are tightening as you say these words ja. uh, I, uh, I mean you know
0: for your sake i hope this jostradamus moment does not come true mm. uh but what i'm do I thinking
1: john ja, what do i have to bribe you to say good things about this game <laughs> like, what
0: <do> have- <laughs> i'm just using the logic it's just kind of like they they would either have to push overwatch league or they would have to push the game. I can't imagine them having Overwatch League playing on Overwatch 2 when everybody else is still playing Overwatch 1. Go ahead, Nick. Could
2: they do something like where they use like the Overwatch League finals to be like, and now we're going to debut Overwatch 2. Like, here's what the it's all going to look are, like and everything. And The and maps I are think- going
1: to be different because like there's supposed to be different weather effects and different textures on the maps too.
2: But they're pro they, and they can handle that. They, you know, kind of, kind of like, uh, what was it yeah. back when, uh, in the wizard or whatever, when, uh, they were like, you're super Mario brothers three in the competition. Enjoy. I mean,
1: <laughs> Nick, Nick, here's the problem too. Blizzard has this incredibly awful, awful. It's intentional. It's not even a habit. It's an intentional thing they do over. They're like, what's that Ma- major tournament coming up next week. Completely change the meta. Like it's happened all three finals. Every single grand finals when they've been like, okay, like they even said this year, we are making a patch specifically to give like a meta where you see heroes that are fun to watch. And then people were like, this meta sucks because it's all, it's all skill heroes and no strats. So like, I don't know, man, like it's, they've given themselves this window that is so tight. Like it's so tight, but it's so specific and not conducive to anything.
0: What they could do is
1: prior
0: to the launch of overwatch two they update overwatch one with the new engine mm-hmm. with the new maps because of the current maps and overwatch will still be in overwatch two and i don't think they're going to make any changes to them so they could release all that prior and then in at the end of overwatch league you know season uh six, release yeah. overwatch season yeah four. over yeah release overwatch two which is going to have because Overwatch 2, like the draw is still going to be the single player content. Like that's what it is, the co op content. Uh, so they, they could end up doing that if they're looking to make something new, you know? But I, I, I don't, I, it's, a, it's a tough call. Like I think the cleaner way to go would be to release Overwatch 2 holiday of 2022. Ja, but that I've, does not bode well for the Overwatch League.
1: John, ja, I've had this nightmare scenario. In my head, since I saw this game at BlizzCon last year or two years ago, I, I dread opening up this game. We finally get Overwatch 2, and then they hit you with the Left for Dead. Here's the six missions. All right, bye. And no, we're going oh, yeah. to have more. We're going to have more.
0: And then we we'll do just, realize that's exactly what's going to happen.
1: Though, I know. Right? And I'm I, like, <laughs> my, sho- oh, my shoulders are tightening up as we speak right now, John. Like, I can feel it. It's. And it would be so, it would be so different, like, it's been fun, and honestly, you and I talk for hours in our producing meetings about this every week, but, like, if there had been any sort of communication from the beginning, once they started putting the screws and started, like, slowing stuff down, it would have been different, but, like, the game already sat dormant for a year before we got anything, and then they gave us Sigma, and then they said, we're done. And then we didn't. Right. And then we got another eight months into BlizzCon, and then they said, okay, Overwatch 2. And they kind of pulled out and they said, okay, we're done. Like, and then we. Every time, like, you've seen the player base get really, really agitated, is when they finally drip out something, which is what they did with this Kanazaka stuff, like, finally. But, like, it it is something that i very much love and something that is very dear to my heart i really i spend a couple minutes every week really just concerned like where is this game going to be in two years
2: well one thing i want to point out is that whatever their plan was for overwatch 2 and and overwatch the franchise it was obliterated by covid because even as a wow player where we had our expansion and we had them coming out and saying, oh, don't worry, the transition to work from home was smooth and everything's going great and Shadowlands is still on pace for release when we expect it to release. They announced a release date a month out from when it was supposed to release and then, or no, two months out, two months out from you know, there was an end of August, they said it'll be out end of October and then a month after that, they're like, okay, we got to push it back another month. And they said like, yeah, there were problems, you know, working from home with COVID and everything that we couldn't, you know, we weren't, you know, we needed that extra time to polish up the game and get everything smooth and that's for you know the wow team you know this is how many expansions that they've done their their you know their pipeline is is you know relatively smooth I, you know they've, they've gotten through hiccups in the past um but you know they know what they're doing and i have to think that whatever the plan was for the overwatch team especially if they were looking to expand the team or anything like that that's extra difficult with you know what's going on and everybody working from home and I don't know that we can look back at whatever they might have been thinking when they announced Overwatch two and you know even even for the subsequent year with you know giving us uh, uh, Echo when they did that they they have to know like the the game plan has completely changed and yeah they may still be looking at the same twenty twenty two release date if that's what they were ever looking at but I think they have to understand they understand like something's got to change they have to have something they have to have something in their pocket to pull out for
0: Overwatch at BlizzCon line i I'd, I'd be amazed if they didn't. So if we were playing uh Phoenix Right right now, that objection thing would be coming up <laughs> like <laughs> as you were speaking. Uh because <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna say this. Like, you're correct. This, COVID has most definitely affected the development of Overwatch 2 and delayed it, I- I'm sure of it. However, if you listen to Watchpoint Radio, right, uh before this, when me and Bob were on it, one of the things that we I, I constantly talked about was how they? How I should? How I felt they mismanaged the brand and mismanaged the development of the brand. Right? They should have started development of Overwatch two in twenty seventeen. Easy, in my opinion, maybe even twenty sixteen. Because okay, oh well, yeah, some, let's, let's, let's actually say I'm gonna give them benefit of the doubt. Sometime in twenty seventeen, latest, latest twenty eighteen, and this is why. 2016 COVID was coming <laughs> yeah 2016 and overwatch through 2017 we got our first wave of how they handled events right uh you know we got the first one we got was summer games oh that's great oh and that comes with lucio ball oh now we have this co-op game and not in, in halloween the christmas update wasn't that great but then after that i think after christmas you had uh lunar, well, lunar new year which is cool brought in ctf which is not so cool and then you had archives and that was the thing that was it archives was the coolest thing that they had made all year and the one thing you heard from the community in in an overwhelming loud voice was they wanted more archives we want more of this that got an incredible response And we literally had to wait an entire year to get new content like that. Right. Because what happened? Well, now the events are just on repeat. Copa Lucio ball, um, Halloween terror. I think they added may snowball fight the second year. Um, I don't think they did anything different to, to, for a new new year.
1: There's a new event. It's called like It's bounty hunter or something. I haven't played it yet this year. Yeah. But that wrong. came this year
0: yeah yeah okay no, th- this yeah, year okay it, it, i don't count brawls because you can make your own with the goddamn workshop tools they have
1: oh for sure
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah well and, but, and um, to that
1: point they've coasted a little bit where it's been like oh but like look at all these cool workshop tools and they set up like we're gonna incorporate this into like we're gonna highlight these we're gonna show these and they did that for a month and then all of a sudden it's just in there yeah. you have to find them all you said
0: coasted out. a little bit they coasted a fucking lot <laughs> like oh, they, i just need on a <laughs> workshop but no it's yeah, like they just like, so it was like if 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 2016 released was they were at the top of the hill, they sat on a skateboard and just went down the hill. And now, and like from 2016 or 2017 till now, they have just been coasting on that same momentum, which is almost at a halt at this point, because they should have said, hey, we got a really great response from this archives. And. You know, they get if they released archives like a a new archive or some type of mission-based thing like that every couple of months, right? Or or at least twice a year. I think we they would have gotten away with it a bit better. But what happened? We had to wait an entire another year for the next archives mission, which was shorter than the first one. Then the third archive mission was even we got shorter
1: than that one. was even shorter than that one. <laughs> Do you remember, you know, John, when they put the trailer out we're like what? We get to see Genji ride a or we get to see Tracer ride a motorcycle. What? This is gonna be awesome. And then like all yeah. you play the map for 30 seconds and it's over. Yeah, exactly. And the second
0: that's the 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 well, the second and third archives had the same enemy types. At least going from the first archive to the second archive. You had different enemies. They could they could have even combined the enemies in the third archive, and that would have been better. But they didn't. And so, you know, with Overwatch Overwatch uh, Two coming out in twenty twenty two, there's no way that I mean they had to start development probably in twenty nineteen. You know, they probably they probably because I I don't think they were gonna release Overwatch Two early in twenty twenty one if they ha- if they thought right like it, uh, you know I don't think it would do in twenty it might it might have been holiday twenty twenty one um but early 2022 but yeah like they 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 had their opportunity to do this they should should have been working on this for a long time but they just sat there and coasted like they instead they spent a bunch of time working on the overwatch league stuff you know
1: well and which yeah go ahead here's my last thing on it because i know you and i specifically we will be here another two hours complaining about this (laughs) yeah (laughs) You've sold all the Funko Pops you're going to sell at this point. You've sold all the t-shirts you're going to sell at this point. I've all been around like all my friends like oh you've you've sold enough what's the you've sold enough loot crates at this point. Like all the people who are going to be tertiary into it because of how much they like the characters have moved on to other things at this point. And I mean I went to right. college with plenty of people who played Overwatch. I never played the game with them ever. They were like yeah like I don't really play but like I like these characters. And you have reached the point now where like, and I worry with overwatch too. Like, I don't know if there's going to be as much fresh blood because people have such a bad taste in their mouth. Still like I, I worry this is the golden goose IP wise that they may have already killed in like 2020 and we're still here.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I agree because I mean, I think instead of co- making an expansion, I think they made it Overwatch 2 because they it, it, it's kind of like going from Windows 8 to Windows 10, right? Windows mm. 10 was orig- originally supposed to be uh, like a service pack for Windows 8, like Windows 8.2. But they changed the name to Windows 10 because uh, for marketing reasons. Like, oh, it's not Windows 8, it's Windows 10. And I think they did the same thing with Overwatch. Instead of making an, an expansion, they just said, oh, well, this isn't Overwatch. This is Overwatch 2. And that does work in some cases, but in some cases it doesn't. Like, I'm thinking about Watch Dogs, between Watch Dogs 1 and Watch Dogs 2. Like, Watch Dogs 2 is actually a really good game. long because it's a fucking Ubisoft game, but it is a good game. And a lot of people didn't even give it a shot because of Watch Dogs 1. And that could end up being the same thing. If the game isn't drastically different, which I don't think they're going to make it drastically different. You know, because then they might alienate the
1: current player base they have. They promised to reboot comp. Remember, they've said a couple of different times they're going to completely change how the competitive system works. Which is like, okay, if you have that in the pipe, it definitely desperately needs it. Just do it now, right? And they they may they may do that
0: or sooner than later. We have to see, but yeah, it, I definitely do believe they 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 definitely need to do something. <laughs> BlizzCon, like that's that's that opening ceremony for 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 BlizzCon dude just start with overwatch like <laughs> because that's the one last year start with diablo this year start with overwatch
1: you know it's just gonna be jay allen Brock, being like we've heard and we're sorry
0: yeah. <laughs> anyway here's the
1: overwatch <laughs> anime and we're done Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: uh, so all right so yeah let's go ahead and move on so the director for Ori and the Blind Forest, and I guess also Ori and Will of the Wisps, he calls out Cyberpunk 2077, No Man's Sky, and Peter Molyneux, calling them snake oil salesmen. And uh, I'll just uh, read a little bit what he said here. Well, first of all, I'll read from this article on Techspot a little bit. It says, a director of Moon Studios, Thomas Mahler, wrote about wrote a post on Reset Era titled, Why are gamers so eager to trust and forgive the snake oil salesman. I can answer that question. That's an easy answer. It's because the group of gamers that, like, you know, were sold snake oil before have moved on and now you have a new group of gamers to sell snake oil to. That's why, like, it's a cycle. So like You always have, you know...
2: That's what the snake oil salesman does. They move to a town, they sell everybody the crap snake oil, and then they move on to another town where nobody knows what they're selling.
0: And they're in the first town right. is like, oh, we bought all this stupid snake oil. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's like... You know, the cyberpunk was some people's first, you know, this is going to be a game changing thing. But a lot of us remember other game changing games and how they went. So he started with Peter Molyneux says he was the master of telling of, of instead of telling you what my product is, let me just go wild with what I think it could be and get you all excited. And that was fine until you actually put your money down. And then the game was nothing like what Peter was hyping it up to be. That's accurate that I is list- fair
1: i listened to a great podcast recently from uh wizard and the bruiser talking about it where he would bring up stuff like where they talked about how peter and molly would get people in trouble but for that where he would just go off and he would say these things and literally he would go back to the studio and you'd have des be like we can't do this do you want the <laughs> game to run or do you want us to do this like the example everyone uses is the idea of like the if you take an A chord and you drop it in the ground that acorn will turn into a tree over the lifetime of the game. And you can keep coming back and visiting that acorn tree as it grows. And they were like, Peter, if we did that, you couldn't do anything else in the disc. That's the entire, <laughs> Like, like, uh, so the snake oil thing is so funny to me though. Like, I love what you said. Nicola. Like, that's the whole point. You move on. Like,
0: yeah. <laughs> do like, so yeah, that, that was Peter Molyneux, which is like a hundred percent true and even though i'll admit i still enjoy his games like they are way over promised but when they come out they're still good games like black and white way overpromised, still made a good game <laughs> you know um he said this about hello games he said uh they released a bunch of updates so let's forget about the initial lies and deception and hey let's actually shower them with awards again because he finally kind of sort of delivered on what he said the game would be years earlier Thanks, uh, Jeff Keeley. Rewarding that kind of behavior will surely help the industry grow stronger. So, shots fired to Jeff over there. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean that's also true. Like, No Man's Sky was like was it was a it was a the first time you booted up, it was a holy shit situation. Like, honestly, like just dropping into the game itself was like, wow, this sucks, you know. I, I enjoyed it. I, I I enjoyed it for that first month. I just didn't have time to go back
2: to it because I had other stuff going on. But I guess to the I guess the argument you can make is if it was that good, I would have said, "So screw the other stuff. I'm going to keep playing No Man's Sky." But uh, I mean, there, there was there was something serene about just going onto a planet and then you know trying to figure out the topology and making sure you you didn't like die immediately and and checking it out and naming stuff. And but yeah, no. But what they've done to that game, I mean, they've completely reworked it. So you know, but but. I mean, that's the thing is like, cr- cr- see, I feel like, like Hello Studios here is getting like a, like, you know, what? Molyneux is a snake oil salesman. I don't think anybody's, I, I think Molyneux would agree with that. <laughs> 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 and, you know, like, and CD project Red, they've got their own problems that we've gone over every week now for like six weeks. So yeah. like, th- that's, that, that's his own thing. But I feel like, you know, somebody like, 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 you know, like, like Hello, like they, they bit off more than they can chew and maybe they knew that and maybe this was their plan all along, but I don't, I don't think so. I think they, you know, I still don't understand how they've been able to make all these changes. If nobody's buying the, like I, I, the game must still be selling. Like, where is the revenue coming from? Because, it's like
1: two bucks on steam. Like that's it's
2: right. Like how, how are you still putting out all this content with like, did that many people buy it back in the day and then not get a refund? Like, I don't understand. Like the, but the fact that they've done this is impressive. And, and I, I give them credit. Like sometimes, sometimes you're a snake oil salesman and sometimes you just make a mistake. And I'll give like Sean Murray, I'll, I'll give him credit and say like he made a mistake. Like Molyneux done this enough. We know, you know, he's up to CD Project Red made mistakes in different ways. And that, but I don't know, you know, and I don't, no. I don't necessarily want
0: think they get the benefit of the doubt, but, but, yeah.
2: but I'll give no. hello studios.
0: You know, I'll, I'll, I'll give them a pass. Nick, I'm gonna to have to give you a very solid fuck you on that because, <laughs> like, no, like I remember like those interviews like that he had beforehand, and you the want to videos Colbert, that Bear show. I remember that too. Yeah, and no, like it was nowhere near. Oh no, nowhere near what they promised.
2: Oh, I'm not saying I'm not saying that the game was at all like what they promised. I'm not saying that. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> I'm saying though, for what it was, I enjoyed it and it was like i still you know was comfortable with that you're absolutely right the game was nothing like what they promised they were they were talking about like oh you'd see other people and then like nobody's seen anybody and like yeah like yeah no that i'm yes you're you're absolutely right there
0: but i'm just saying like i still enjoyed it for what it was my favorite thing that came out of that game was there was a meme that was created or a video created where, you know, somebody takes the video they showed at E3 and they have the Jurassic Park music and, you know, John saying, welcome to Jurassic Park. And they have the music playing and then right when the music is supposed to like the big crescendo or whatever you call it supposed to happen. They have somebody playing it on the harmonica instead. <laughs> because like, you know, it, I have to see if I could pull that video up because that shit was so funny. Like it really engulfs like, you know. The mood that players had going from what you saw at E3 to what was actually in the game itself.
1: Well, and I think I almost feel differently about the two studios. And Grace, I haven't played No Man's Sky or Fable, but I've just kind of hearing the stories and doing a little bit of the research. I almost feel, and I, I'm going to get the fuck you from drawing this, I almost feel sympathetic in the idea of like you overpromise and then crap, I have to deliver this. I have to come out. I have to come through with this. And granted, you still did it and you still like broke everybody and like it's not good. And I'm like, none of this is like in defense, but I just feel, I think I have a bit of a different feeling with it. Cause CD Projekt Red straight up lied. And granted, they other, everybody lied, honestly. It isn't a great, but like, the thing that sticks out in my head is that CD Projekt Red straight up said, this looks exactly the same on these two consoles. Like, here is the Xbox One version we're going to show you right now. Look at how well that plays. Look at how all how good all of this is. Like, there are straight up lies talked about. And, like, the whole demo is honestly fake from E3 is what we're hearing. Like, there are straight up bait and switches that were shown up. And then... When it comes out, we like when it comes out, all of a sudden you, I think what's irritating is you have all these people who are going to sit here and defend the stinkles, And I was like, well, no, they're going to patch it. It's going to be fine. Which. No, like you don't like that's. If I'm putting my $60 into this game, it needs to be fine from the get go. Not a month and a half in.
0: Yeah, exactly. Back in my day. Games couldn't get patches, so whatever happened, happened.
1: Oh, <laughs> uh, man. <laughs> that was it. Job back in the prehistoric era when they showed up to the arcade with the new motherboard for Street Fighter 3. Like, even yeah. the turbo. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Like, back in my day, the game that you got was the game that you got.
0: <laughs> that, that was it. Uh, but, yeah, he also talked about CD Projekt, right? He said, the, here, the entire CDPR PR department took all of the cues from what worked for Molyneux and Murray and just went completely apeshit with it. Every video released by CD Projekt Red or CDPR was carefully crafted to create pictures and players' minds that was just insanely compelling. They stopped just short of outright saying that this thing would cure cancer. The strategy resulted in sensational 8 million pre orders. He's right, though, mm. because so the one thing I was worried about going into Cyberpunk, the one thing I was worried about going into Cyberpunk and when we were doing Night City Stories or as we're doing Night City Stories now was that they said, You can finish the game before you get to the ending. We are trying to figure out how to do that. (laughs) Because we haven't. I thought I was worried that I'd accidentally fall into that trap. We're like, well, how? How do you do it?
2: What you do is you play it on a PS4 and then just turn it off as soon as you start.
0: (laughs) Yeah, dude, it's like, how? Like, you know, how, Sway? Like, how do you do it? <laughs> but, like, uh, yeah, no. Like, we, we can't figure out how to do it. But, yeah, they definitely, the way they made it seem, Like, because I, I wasn't even hyped for for Cyberpunk. I wasn't hyped for Cyberpunk. I was just like, I just took the information they gave me. I was like, okay, well, based off of what they're saying about the RPG systems, it sounds like they're trying to bring the tabletop experience to video games. False that is not what happened. They want, they made a grand theft auto in first person is what they attempted to do, except they're not rockstar. So yeah. Uh, it when somebody tries to make a GTA clone and they're and yeah, like it makes you appreciate how hard rockstar works to make that happen. You know? And
1: I think the two things about that is that didn't devs and people talk about that. They had thought the game was going to be coming out next year like there were people they wanted
0: they wanted to push the game out to next year
1: and like and that's why i think where you have issues is like and people are always going to blame the devs for because just they're the ones who made the thing but i think a, like most of the blame of anything you can throw towards the cd project red i don't know marketing department i think for having for physically saying anything but i'm I don't remember what you would even call it, whether it be like the executive board or like shareholders or whatever, just like the people who are making these decisions about when this game needs to come out, what needs to be promised, like what is, who are delivering the overhead orders, like what needs to happen.
0: Oh, yeah, it's so higher ups. We actually talked about this a couple of weeks ago. A lot of the devs wanted to push the game out. But uh, some of the higher ups at CD Projekt Red said no. I'm assuming those devs wanted to push the game out so they could put more features into it. Like, one of the features in the game, like, there's cops in the game, but who fucking cares? Because all you do, you just commit a crime and drive past them. And it's like, oh, he went that way. Oh, nope. Went too fast for me. Like, that's it. Like, this, <laughs> it doesn't work out that great. And they, and one of the things that kind of came out, according to an article from Jason Schreier, is that that system was kind of just thrown in there at the last minute. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I mean,
1: there's good. There's an excellent Kroby Cat video where it's 45 minutes of just everything CD Project Red promised and then it not being in the game. And then they compare these things of like game things that other games can do and they keep going back earlier and earlier and earlier where it's like they literally compare like if 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 you shoot water. There's like I think it's one of the things like if you shoot water like there's no like ripple. in... Right. like In Cyberpunk, like you can shoot it with a machine gun, and like it doesn't like there's no spray off the ground, off the water. There's just like a doop and it hits the ground. And then they show back to like Mafia 2 from 2008 and it still has that (laughs) same effect in it. Like it's I mean, honestly, it helped building my PC with stuff. I'm like, okay, cool. Like it's not gonna be ready for a while. Like, all right, I don't need to play this. Like, I'll just I'll I'll take my time building my crap until like this is eventually ready. Yeah. I mean, you know,
0: and the thing that, uh, you know, after this, I think the day after this, um, Thomas, um, oh yeah, Thomas Muller, he actually apologized for what he said. He said, oh, you know, I was just being, you know, I, it was too aggressive of a tone. I was like, no, but it was the truth. You were spitting straight facts. Like, you were dead. Like, and I think at this point, he was just trying to be a bit more professional. At some point, he may need to work with these studios or work with certain people from these studios and things like that. And, um, yeah, like now, like he was just telling the truth, like it's how like we feel. So he went from being like, you know, a consumer or like, you know, like, like I shouldn't say an honest person, but more consumer oriented or more. He was actually even speaking from a more concern from a business perspective, you know, because if you break consumer confidence, that's a huge issue. I mean, that's how the crash happened before in the 80s, because consumer confidence was broken and um, that hurts everybody. And then he got he kind of got a bit more professional. And don't get me wrong, I'm not like mad at him or anything like that. Just, but he, he said you know he didn't handle in the best way, but no lies detected. This is all straight facts, you know, straight facts. So there's a
2: reason uh, why like Nintendo generally has a well-regarded reputation because they they tend to release their games when they're ready. They don't put stuff out early. Whereas, that is you know, true. You know, uh, you know, and and other developers, you know, not so much, and it's, you know, it, you know, it's it's one of those things where within the within the industry, you know, people who are paying attention, we know, okay, you know, like I'm pretty sure next time CD Projekt Red releases a game, we're all going to be a little more you know, leery eyed about it. Will we? You know,
1: will I think, we? Well,
2: most of us yeah. will. Some of us will. No, no, no okay. <laughs> let's get one thing clear about okay, CD Projekt yes, Red. Us yes.
1: Us well, yes. it's it shows like what you said earlier though. There is a new crop. Of, sna- of people to be harvested by the snake oil salesman who only saw the final product. People forget that Witcher 3 freaking the horse was flying up into the air for the first month and a half of that game. <laughs> like that game was crazy broken <laughs> at the beginning. And then there's another people, there's a bunch of people who only got the final version of the game. It's like, oh no, this game's awesome. This new game, great from the beginning. Gonna be super solid on delivery. And people are gonna do the same thing with Cyberpunk.
0: So no, what see, well, the thing about The Witcher is that he, after they fix the bugs. It was a really great game. It might be one of the best RPGs ever created in games. Cyberpunk is a good game that I think got released two years too late. Like just just based off of the systems and stuff like that. There's a lot of missed opportunities in terms of how they can like de- deliver lore and you know all types of stuff like this. So for example, the GPS, right? the devil's in the details. The GPS, when you start driving, it's it's a pain in the ass. Like, you'll miss turns all the time. And they could simply fix that by just zooming out of the GPS when you start driving. Or, put the the actual GPS in the, on the road with you. I mean, you have cyber eyes. It fucking fits the world. You know? But they didn't even do that. So, it was just like small features like that. So, yeah, I mean, that I, I think that CD Projekt Red really got a lot of cred from the Witcher 3, which a lot of people played after the fact. A lot of people didn't play the Witcher, don't get me wrong. People played the Witcher 3 on release. They did, but it got more popular after the fact. And then after the show came out, it got hit with another wave of popularity. It's you also know? like
1: one of the top sellers on Steam every single time just because it's in it's in every single Steam sale too. So like it's always getting new people who are playing it.
0: Exactly. So yeah, I mean that's the thing about the Witcher, about the Witcher 3 uh and it, it really got them a lot of credit and a lot of that's been expended at this point you know i don't i think the next game that they push out which i don't know what it's going to be and honestly i think they're getting ready to turn into a rockstar because they're going to push out this cyberpunk multiplayer and i think that's going to be their main jam for a while i think that's going to be what they've really focus on hmm. in terms of development because they're not rockstar they're not rockstar games you don't see them putting out a bunch of different games rockstar has in the you know Rockstar worked on Red Dead Redemption 2 and Grand Theft Auto 3. Oh, sorry, sorry, Grand Theft Auto 6 at the same time. They probably have other games in development. One of them, I'm just hoping it's a fucking Midnight Club. Like, come on, guys, I've been patient enough. It's time. It's fucking time. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's time to bring it back. Damn. So, yeah. Uh, and I don't want another, I don't want them to fucking sell the franchise I, to give them to another publisher or another developer. I want them to fucking make it. You guys can do it. Just follow, just just one request before I die. (laughs) You know, (laughs) that's all I'm asking. Uh, That derailed. (laughs) Let's go ahead and and talk uh, our last topic here, which is the live action Zelda, how that was actually a real thing. So, I mean, it's been a long time since I've heard somebody talk about the live action Zelda. But, you know, over the course of the last decade, you've heard that there was a live action Zelda that was going to happen on Netflix. And. Some information came out by accident to a degree. I think on February 1st, uh, I'll just read from this article from Engadget. It says, On February 1st, 2021, the YouTube channel The Surf Times published an interview with Adam Conover of Adam Runs Everything, wherein Conover dropped some gossip from his time at College Humor in the 2010s. Twitter user at Super, fuck it, I'm not saying his name, first called, this, uh, called out the super bit, uh, the juicy bits. Apparently, College Humor was planning a claymation skit. Combining Star Fox and the Fantastic Mr. Fox, and Zelda creator Miyamoto even came to the office to talk about the details. According to Conover, the the project was canceled about a month later, and he asked his boss what happened. And uh, I'm still reading from the article. Conover recalled the boss saying, "Oh, someone at Netflix leaked the Legend of Zelda thing. They weren't supposed to talk about it. Nintendo freaked out, and they pulled the plug on everything." They pulled the plug on the entire program to adapt these things. So the conversation wasn't about the the Netflix Zelda. It was about a skit they were going to do at College Humor. But they said because somebody leaked the Netflix Zelda thing, Nintendo backed out. And that's why it got canceled. Everything regarding adaptations got canceled. Like Nintendo just dropped the whole thing, which, one, I don't really understand why. I don't get it. Like If it leaked, it leaked. You know, like, I don't understand, like, oh, see, we can't, you, I guess maybe it's like, oh, you people. you have, you don't have anybody we can trust. There's no character in your organization. You know, then Miyamoto flips his cape and walks the other way. (laughs) You know, like, if that's, if that's what happened. But, yeah.
1: Hot take, good. (laughs) I mean, like, (laughs) let's be honest here. Do we, like, here's the thing with all these, like, so... Um if you if you've ever, if you've ever listened to push the point you know that it is part of our mandate that uh Chris and I talk about one piece at least once every 45 minutes of showtime it just has to happen. Netflix has like uh, there's a bunch of live anim- live action anime adaptations they're doing including one piece. We've seen and granted people draw stuff off the Netflix off of the Death Note one which is not one they made they bought from somebody else. It was done and like they, they bought from Warner Brothers. I really honestly, you're never going to get better. I think than the games, like I understand the desire to see a live action thing. I did. I, I totally get the desire to see it in another format, but I just, no matter what, it will never be as good as what you were thinking. It's going to be, if anything, I think translating a character who, by the way, doesn't say anything Translating like the whole point is that link doesn't have a personality. He's the player insert character. Like, yeah. Translating a voiceless character in that entire world into something complete into a live action series. I just don't think, I think the line of it being good is so paper thin. I think it would, I think it would have been really bad. I think you may, honestly, they might've dodged a bullet with this one. I
2: remember the eighties Legend of Zelda cartoon. And I think if they had gone in that style, I think they could have made it work
1: excuse me like,
2: <laughs> that or link. link? link had personality there he was not a player insert yo but when's the captain <laughs> n movie coming out though
0: yes yeah when's- <laughs> yo, what i was gonna bring out i think the best representation of of link i've ever seen in a cartoon was on captain n it was an episode where they like they met up he was a bit of a dick to end but like wouldn't you be like you're the fucking hero of hyrule i'm a hot shot with the master sword <laughs> you know what i'm saying like it makes sense. So it's, it's, yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, it, the the Legend of Zelda Netflix series got dropped because somebody can't keep their fucking mouth shut. But I, I agree with Ramsey. I didn't think it was gonna be that great. Like you're just not gonna like it's 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 a it's a it's a, it's a, it's a silent character. Like you don't want to give him a voice. Like it's the player insert. Just like why this should never be a Half Life movie that involves Gordon Freeman. You can make a Half Life movie without Gordon Freeman. And I think you'll be okay. What about the uh, Master but,
1: Chief movie? What about the Halo movie?
0: Well, you could do that. Master Chief has a voice. I forget it's true.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, Chief isn't. Chief is not a player insert.
1: I just wonder, like, so I think something that I think is interesting to draw parallels with is that Super Nintendo World just finally opened in Japan. And right. they're there's they're working on it here in America. COVID delayed the expansion of like the new park they were building. But the big thing you can tell is like, yes, they are super protective of their IP. on everything except for merchandising, I would say, because you can buy some really crappy Mario cereal if you really want to find it. But like they're so protective of how people experience their IP in those kinds of ways. I think like I totally understand the idea of, all right, if these people are going to be this callous, and like, this uncaring with how important this IP is, we don't want to work with them. It does make you wonder, if they canceled all projects, though, what else besides the Zelda series was going on? Well, clearly the college humor skit, so. <laughs> I don't know. I, I wonder what besides, like, if other projects besides Zelda, like, if Zelda was, like, going to be the main thing, like, they entered with. Because realistically, I don't know what other properties you're going to, like maybe star Fox, but like, I don't know what other properties you could really do that would translate well into a movie. Uh, animated a live action just in general. Like, I don't know if, I don't know what story there is to tell really in a non video game format with something like Mario brothers or what we've seen what a donkey Kong cartoon can be. And yes, it completely mismanages the source material, but like, I think part of the allure of those characters is that they are so simple, and that they are so easy just to latch onto and play with. You you can make a Metroid movie. That'd be fucking dope. Bro, give me the dark, gritty, noir-inspired F-Zero movie. Yeah. <laughs> give me Drive the, with Ryan Gosling, but it's this F-Zero we'll movie. An F-Zero. <laughs> give me Ice uh, Climbers. Yeah. The Ice Climbers. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah so so many possibilities well yeah with that we're gonna go ahead and start closing things down here uh you like thank you for listening thanks thanks ramses for coming on to the show
1: happy to be here thanks for having me
0: ah, no problem love to have you uh let's see what's coming up this week well, what came up what happened what we, What did we have this week on matches Button? so we had a new warcraft reloaded we had a new ready room Uh, Warcraft Reloaded is for WoW Classic. If you didn't know, Ready Room is our podcast about the community that supports the podcast, Dropping Spicy. (laughs) So we have a podcast for our podcast. Our podcast community is awesome. Uh, But yeah, that Ready Room, generally speaking, goes over the polls and uh, community interactions and stuff like that. Uh, We also had a new Double Tap for the uh, fighting games. We had a new Dropping Spicy for Apex Legends. A new WoW Talk that came out. We also had a new Wow Thoughts uh, that dropped on Patreon this week. That is a weekly show that Nick is doing. And, um, yeah, we had a new Night City Stories after taking a week off because I wasn't feeling so great. Uh, but, yeah, we should be back on schedule with that. Uh, so, yeah, I, I would like to thank everybody for listening. If you want to keep up with what's going on with us on uh, Twitter, you can follow us on Twitter.com slash network. And you get updates about the site, and you know our uh, things happen in the community events and and shows. Uh, Ramsey's why don't you tell them how they can get in contact with you?
1: For sure, um, we have a new episode of Push the Point coming out this week. We're on a monthly format because over covering off season for Overwatch League means you have really heavy news weeks, and then you have like nothing for a while. So, kind of balancing stuff out. You can find the show at Push Point P O D on Twitter or on any a uh, podcatcher you use. Uh, you can find me personally at Ramsey's underscore OW. Um, and yeah, we're doing, in case you're interested, we are doing game night this coming Saturday, the 13th. Uh, a little bit late on the announcement, but we're doing game night this Saturday, the 13th, on the Masters Blend Discord server. And we'll announce it on the pro- episode proper, but we're gonna be announcing our new 4v4 Deathmatch Overwatch tournament happening next month in March. Uh coming out and the links for that will be in the podcast discord so go through and yeah thanks again so much for having me jaw this is this has been a dream come true for sure also Mm -hmm. i would like to start a last thing i want to start a side podcast called wow thoughts and it'll just be us having thoughts about other things that don't have to do with world of warcraft but it'll just be us (laughs) taking the piss out of next show every week I'm fine with Uh, (laughs) it.
0: Nick, why don't you tell them where they can find you?
2: I am at WookieBH on Twitter. You can also find me here on the Mash Those Buttons Network on WoW Talk, where we talk about Warcraft, Guild, and uh, news stuff, and also on the Torn and the Goblin, where we talk about Warcraft story and lore, and also on WoW Thoughts, as mentioned, uh, which is on the Patreon feed, uh, where I just talk about what I think about WoW.
0: All right. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Josh Stradamus. You can also find me uh, streaming on our Twitch channel, which is twitch.tv slash match those buttons. Uh, usually on Fridays, streaming GTFO right now. And uh, we'd also like to have you join our Discord community. Like I said earlier, that's mash.gg slash Discord. And you can come meet up with us or, you know, just talk. Join our community, talk about games and, you know, tell us you agree, disagree. Did you think uh, No Man's Sky was everything it should have been? Well, that black and white was fine. You know, talk to us, let us know. Are you okay with the doll with, with the with the Overwatch content and think we're being dicks about it? You let us know. Probably not though. Um <laughs> I encourage you guys to uh, you know, contact us with comments and questions so you can reach out uh via the Discord or Twitter or even uh email at contact@mash.gg. And uh if you want to help us out one of the best ways to do that is to share the show with others and to rate and review the show on your podcast platform of choice. And if you want to take support a bit further, you can actually find multiple ways to support us on the Matches Buttons website which is matchesbuttons.com/support-us. dash And uh, there are a few different ways you can support either like via Patreon where you will get, I know, uh which is patreon.com/matchesbuttons and you can uh you know help support starting with tiers at $1 and gain early access to content as well as exclusive content. Uh, you can drop a Twitch sub if you want to to help support that way. We do have a Teespring store, which is teespring.com slash store slash match those buttons. Uh, but you can also do things like, you know, buy games via our humble affiliate links and even just, you know, send us a, a one time donation with a PayPal if you if you like. Uh, but like I said, that's the matches buttons dot slash support dash us. And with that, we're done. You know, I encourage you guys to stay tuned after the show to hear more about match those buttons. And I hope you guys have a good evening or day. Safe out there.
1: This is not a video podcast, Ramses. <laughs>
2: oh, no. I know.
1: I figured it was late enough after he. I, I didn't want to be like, they were like, oh yeah, and have a good one, like so. Yeah. <laughs>
0: it's fine we can stop recording it's fine okay leave that all in